This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Sierra Doctor. To start things off, we have Harvest Hotline brought to you by Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mail, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Pioneer Territory Manager Jared Hansen says farmers were able to get most of the soybeans harvested before the snow in northern Minnesota. You know, harvest... Uh took a little pause there with a couple of rain delays and uh, the ground got a little sticky for getting the beans done but uh, I would say 95 percent of the beans have finished uh, a lot of guys literally were finishing uh, in the snow when it came last week uh, right before the six to eight inches that we had across uh, northwest Minnesota northeast North Dakota a lot of that's melted now so we're dealing with some some soppy ground but the cold temperatures uh, pretty much all the field work has stopped there is still some corn to harvest corn harvest is uh 85 percent done um southeast of my territory down by thief river that area there's still some corn to, to be thrashed but for the most part corn harvest is finished up too and uh, a lot of pleased farmers out there the the yields have been uh, very good above average and uh, happy to have the crop we did given the moisture we had for the summer. BASF Technical Services Representative Kevin Dinert says harvest progress is coming along after the snow melted off. Uh, probably faster in some areas than others, uh, weather permitting, but I know late last week, uh, end of last week, there was quite a bit of progress made after this last snow event. Obviously I had to wait for some of that snow to melt off. Uh, especially in the corn crop and then I know sunflowers there was a fair bit of snow stuck in those sunflower heads as well but I don't know if sunflowers are ready yet but uh, there was a fair bit of corn harvest late last week and I know that uh, up until Saturday or Sunday when we started receiving some some moisture especially the eastern uh, portion of North Dakota I know that's certainly slowing up harvest now Dibert says there's been some reports of corn rootworm damage in fields this year Lots of anxious folks out there. I don't blame them one bit trying to get this crop off, and uh, they're certainly chipping away at it every chance they get. I think that's certainly geography specific, but if you look at that kind of southeast portion of North Dakota, maybe even south central, and certainly, of course, this is where we have our, our uh, you know highest corn percentage of corn acres to begin with. You know, in corn rootworm, uh, and I and really believe at this point we're referring to northern corn rootworm, uh, more than anything, but certainly hasn't been reported uh, much in the past, even though we may have had low levels of, of corn rootworm uh, present in our in our state. U.S. Custom Harvesters Vice President Paul Paplos's crews are continuing to pick away at the corn harvest along that Iowa-Minnesota-South Dakota border. Hey, as of right now, we're working on corn with uh, three different groups. Um, I'm back around Worthington, Minnesota, the Ochi and Iowa area. We got machines up in the Burkina, South Dakota area, then out by Crestbart, South Dakota. Uh, we're all working on corn, and uh, it's been kind of South Coast been a challenge. Can't get the corn to dry down, but they got a really good crop out there, and staying on that 18 to 19 percent moisture. Uh, stuff back to Brookings and back around home here has dried down, and we've had very good crops in both in all three areas, I should say. And harvest has gone well with limited weather delays. Uh, 2023 is a good year around here. Um, you know, soybeans are probably a little bit light because of the 
we had had no moisture in August. But corn-wise, everything's been pretty good, probably better than expected. And we've had pretty good crops the last three years back around home here. So I'd say it's probably as good as the past three years have been. We had held up for about a day, day and a half here at home for a little bit of snow. Out in Roscoe, or the crest part area where Patrick's at, they had probably three or four inches, and they were held up for a few days. But all the snow's gone now, and the weather's warmed up, so everything's going, going good again out there. And that's Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, and Amity Technology. The National Weather Service Grand Forks-based meteorologist Austin Faro says mild weather is in the forecast. Well, the weather for this upcoming week is going to be pretty much more of kind of what we're experiencing today. Um, relatively mild um, temperatures in the mid to upper 30s, um, areas without snow cover getting into the low 40s. Um, that's going to be lasting through the majority of the work week. Um, there is a chance for some precipitation tomorrow, but amounts are going to be fairly light. Um, it's going to be primarily a mix of rain and snow. Um, it's really going to depend on how cold it gets. More north you are, uh, more primarily snow. But again, not really looking at um, significant accumulations or anything like that right now. Temperatures will hover just above freezing farther north. As you get um, into the central and northern half of North Dakota and Minnesota, at least in our area, and kind of far northwest Minnesota into northeast North Dakota, that's going to be in um, the more in the mid to upper 30s. Uh, whereas if you're going southward, it's going to get into the um, low to mid 40s. Um, and then as you cross into South Dakota, starting to see those 50s. Brazil's center west and center south cropping areas will see net drying over the next week to 10 days. World Weather Incorporated says areas that receive significant weekend rains will see more aggressive crop planting and crop development. Other areas of Brazil may continue to be a little too dry, raising additional concern for crop development through mid-November. Argentina is expected to receive additional rain showers this week with, into the weekend with moderate to heavy rains possible in a few areas. Argentina forecast calls for a good mix of rain and sunshine the remainder of the two-week outlook. Bipartisan group of senators is asking the Department of Homeland Security and the Labor Department for a 60-day extension for public comments on reforms to the H-2A Ag Worker Program. There is concern the Homeland Security and Department of Labor will finalize rules before they can fully determine the impact on agriculture employers. Nearly 30 lawmakers are on the letter to the agencies, including John Hoven and Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, John Thune and Mike Rounds from South Dakota. The North Dakota Department of Agriculture has extended the application deadline for reimbursement of organic certification costs for fiscal year 2023 through the end of November. The North Dakota Department of Ag says applications must be postmarked by November 30th, but are reimbursed on a first-come, first-served basis until the funds are depleted. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News here on the Red River Farm Network. The American Bankers Association Agricultural Bankers Conference kicks off today in Oklahoma City. ABA Agricultural and Rural Bankers Committee Chairman Tony Hotchkiss says there are a lot of educational opportunities to help egg lenders better serve their communities. 
We have uh, approximately 500 uh, bankers here in Oklahoma City. We bring people together. We talk about current issues uh, and uh, bring a lot of education and helpful insights to uh, the banking industry, the ag banking industry specifically, so the bankers can all go back to their banks, hopefully with some new ideas and new tips and and uh, be able to uh, continue to serve the ag community uh, as they have historically. The annual egg lender survey results are revealed at the conference. Hotchkiss says the attitude toward the egg economy is generally positive. Well, in, in general, we're going to be looking at, you know, how do people feel about the ag economy and, and where it's going in their specific region. And uh, it gives us a flavor of, of, of what we might see in those regions and in, in terms of not only economic growth within the ag sector, but, but the cost of, of land, uh, you know, some input costs. Uh, there is a genuine concern about the interest cost that, that's impacting everyone with the, with the interest rate environment that, that we're all dealing with since the Fed has, has taken rates up over the last several months. But uh, once again, I think generally it's, it's neutral to positive attitude. House Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson participated in a fireside chat with the American Bankers Association Senior Vice President of Agriculture and Rural Banking Policy, Ed Elfman, who says Chairman Thompson said to expect an extension of the current farm bill for 2024. The point he emphasized on an extension was don't think of it as the only thing we're going to do. Um, rather, the extension sets us up to be able to get a long-term farm bill done. It essentially just gives us time, right? Because when we hit January 1st, you start to revert to permanent law and a lot of things start to change on that side of the world. So an extension sets us up in a positive way so we can have the normal process of a farm bill over the next few months. Um, but you got to have the time to do it. And having a one-year extension gets us in the right direction. And the timeline for a new farm bill, though, is still uncertain. He did acknowledge, you know, we, we need to get this get this moving because there's a lot of different issues in the farm bill uh looking at reference prices and they need to be raised um maybe not across the board but they need to be raised and looked at as everybody's been talking about throughout this process um things like the guaranteed loan programs at usda those loan limits need to be increased as well to better adjust to beginning farmers and other programs and other uh, borrowers that would use those programs so they really do want to get it moving, It's, um, but no specific dates by any means. Underwood, Minnesota resident and FBM specials pro Special Projects Coordinator Delray Lisi received the VIP citation after dedicating over 20 years of service to FFA. Lisi was very involved in the National FFA Farm and Agribusiness Management Career Development event. On the national level, that began in about 2006, I think it was. I started working on the farm and agribusiness management career development event on the national committees. And then for the last six years, I've been the superintendent of that event. And working with the FFA has just been a real blessing. Those individuals are, are pretty unique because they have an interest in the business side of things, whether it's an agribusiness or a farm business, and they put their time and effort into doing that. Lisi received the award last week during the 96th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis. This recognition was extremely humbling. Um, it's, it's just 
uh, something that you don't expect. You try to do the best you can, and um, if it happens, then you are, um, I mean, you should be humbled because you just try to do the best job you can, and, and sometimes something like this happens. Get the latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcasts. Listen at rrfn.com and most anywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota State FFA President Alyssa Feather served as one of four delegates for her state at the National FFA Convention. Feather says the state has been competitive this year. Yeah, so South Dakota members are very involved this year, and I'm super excited to be able to watch them go across stage and get recognized. We actually just had some for the national chapter getting recommended for two-star, and then we've also had some for communications, um, their social science projects and as well. And Feather has enjoyed her time thus far serving as a state officer. Yeah, so I joined in eighth grade. It was mainly because the advisor at the time kind of just put me in it, but boy, did I not realize what I was getting into because I really loved the leadership aspect, and that's what really clicked with me. So then just getting involved, being a district officer, and just growing my leadership from there. I mean, I knew state officers back when I was in high school, but really getting to make an impact with members and connect with them deeply through chapter visits and seeing them at events, I didn't realize how much of a connection we really get to make. Red Trail Energy will be the first production facility in the country to bring third-party verified carbon dioxide removal credits from bioethanol carbon capture to voluntary carbon markets. With the initial offering, or when the initial offering is made, companies can purchase credits through Red Trail Energy's marketing firm, Renewable Products Marketing Group. The Richardson, North Dakota plant is one of the first bioenergy companies in the U.S. with carbon capture and storage technology. The carbon dioxide is stored 6,500 feet directly beneath the facility in the Broom Creek Formation. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, December wheat, seven and a quarter higher at 728 and a quarter, March, six higher. Chicago wheat four and a half higher at five seventy seven. Kansas City four and a quarter higher at six forty seven and three quarters. December corn a penny and a quarter higher at four seventy eight and a half. March also a penny and a quarter higher. Soybeans January contracts twelve and three quarters higher at thirteen sixty four and a half. March twelve and a half higher at thirteen seventy nine. Soybean meal down two dollars ten cents a ton at four thirty. Live cattle December futures down two dollars. 42 cents at 181.45. February live cattle down three bucks at 182.25. Feeder cattle November down 292. Lean hogs December 60 cents higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.